0: Welcome to the Marketing with Mavericks podcast, where I, Shantanu Chandra, your host, pick on the best brains from the marketing realm. Today, we have a very special guest, who I can confidently say is the most loved person in our MBS school at William & Mary. He himself hosts a podcast on leadership and business, and is one of my inspirations to staying positive. Let's welcome Ken White, Associate Dean at Raymond A. Mason School of Business. Welcome, Dean White. How are you today? I'm wonderful, thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Congratulations on being placed uh, number 30.
1: Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, our latest ranking. Yeah, very pleased to see that.
0: Do you mind tell us something about yourself?
1: Grew up in Pittsburgh, which is about five, six hours from, from Williamsburg. Uh, two older brothers, a mom and a dad, and we grew up in a family business. My father owned his own business, it was appliance stores, basically, especially vacuum cleaners and sewing machines. And so we, we grew up at the dinner table talking a lot about business, about customer service, uh, about making sure the customer got what they needed. How do you, how do you reach the customer? So I can't imagine too many dinner table conversations that didn't have something to do with business marketing, okay. connecting with customers. So that's sort of in our DNA and our family.
0: So was that your segue to
1: the marketing you knew of? Uh, You know, yes and no. I mean, uh, none of us, my, my other two brothers and I, were not interested in taking over the business. And I don't, I don't think my father wanted us to take it over either. I mean, he, he wanted us to do what we wanted to do. But yeah, grew up that way. I, my brothers, everyone in the neighborhood, we were sports fanatics. We Whatever sport was in season, we would play it. And we loved athletics. And I can very clearly remember when I was eight years old, it was a Sunday lunch. And someone at the table asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I gave them the answer that every every one of my friends would have given them. And I said, well, I'll either play for the Pirates or the Steelers. So I'll play okay. professional football or baseball, right? And I didn't get a great response. And, and I thought for just a moment, and I said, or I'll announce the games on the radio. Okay. And everybody at the table just nodded like, yeah, yeah. And so that day, when I was eight, I decided that was my thing. And so I will pursue communication and I did started doing radio play by play as a teenager did that in college transitioned into television and spent my 20s working in television as the guy who you'd see at 6 and 11 on the news and do the do the sports and then eventually was asked to teach a class in communication and said sure let's that'll be fun and that's what got me to higher education I taught in higher education for 7 years and was given the opportunity to be the chief marketing officer uh, of of a university, I think really because no one else fit the bill, and I was the closest one. (laughs) And, And it was supposed to be a temporary assignment, and that led me into that field for a number of years until I finally transitioned into a role similar to what I have now as associate dean of the MBA and the executive programs here.
0: How do you feel the transition has helped you grow in terms of communication and marketing?
1: Yeah, having having those understanding of of communication and marketing to me gives you the the world view of other. You know, you're, you're always focused on other people, the the customer, the audience, the other individual. Regardless of my role, that's where I always tend to be, and I think that came from that business background and that marketing experience it's just not about you you know it's just not about you at all it's about the people with whom you're trying to connect and um, to me that's been helpful and, and and been the 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 key to my success so to speak in the roles I've had if you focus on the people you're
0: trying to serve things things should work out just fine shifting the track what is the most maverick task Within the realms of marketing, you have done, or probably have seen, some other entity perform. Yeah, uh, there
1: there have been there have been a few that I I think back if. When I'm asked that question, or if I stop and think back, definitely there have been a few in my career where I just look back and say, wow, that was just so cool. We just crushed it. I was working, what I did, transitioning into marketing, I I found myself in higher education. So my background as a chief marketing officer was for institutions of higher learning, either a university or a business school at a university. And I was at a university and, and was asked to recreate, build sort of from scratch the marketing and public relations entity, and the team, and the plan. And so I did that, and we had the opportunity to, and it was a long shot, there might have been a one in a hundred chance that this would happen, to get a national television show shot on campus, and we got it. And, and, and a lot of it was luck, a lot of it was hustle, but we got it. I, I thought, okay, I've, I've done what I needed to do, now we'll get the exposure that we want what didn't occur to me was no one on campus wanted this. I was the only one. And so the goal was not, or the celebration was like, look, we got Good Morning America coming for two solid hours on campus. It was, we've got them coming and you need to like it. And it was a very tough sell. Virtually no one was excited about this. You know, We don't want them here, they should leave us alone. Fortunately for me and the institution, it worked out beautifully. Throughout the day, the students were getting emails from all across the country. You, I saw you in your school. This is so wonderful. It was an amazing event, so much so that there were times in the two weeks leading up to it, I thought, this is going to cost me my job. This is just not what this culture wants. I believe this culture needs it, but it's not what people want. And thank goodness that the the outcomes were so positive that the next thing you know, it we turned and then it's like, who's next? Let's get the history channel. Let's get A and E. And it turned, it, it turned the corner. And to have a organization going from no media, no marketing. We just don't want that to who's next. That was a big one. So exciting. To this day, I get excited thinking about it. And they think, like, wow, how, did, how in the world that the stars aligned? Someone was watching out for us. But that was uh, one that I think if that backfired would have cost me my job for sure. Yeah, and then to see though even years later how it changed things and put it on a different course yeah. is is really cool. You know, when I left television, I immediately missed television, and so it was I need something to scratch that itch. And so I've always ah, done okay. little things, whatever that happens to be, and one of them was podcasting. And so when I got here to William and Mary, I was struck by how many CEOs and leaders are in the building almost daily. Okay. And you see it in class, yeah. the guest speakers That's- and the alumni, and I thought What are we doing to capture this? Other than coming into your class and talking to maybe you and 40 or 50 other classmates, and then they leave, could we possibly capture their thoughts? And and that's where we came up with the idea. We initially thought video. How about if we take them to the studio and ask them two or three questions, but our guests weren't interested in that. And someone had the idea of a podcast. And then when we pitched that idea to the CEOs and the leaders and the subject matter experts who came through the building, they were okay with that. And definitely we're one of the first in terms of a business school to get out in that space. More are trying it now. It got us out there, and it tells people this is the kind of individual, this is the kind of conversations that happen in this building. All you have to do is subscribe or listen.
0: Dean White has recorded over 220 podcasts still now. And it's still on a roll. I think it's starting again.
1: Yeah. We actually took a break. We wanted to actually do some audience analysis and we reached out to audiences. We were listening to the, the production aspect of it, the music, the format and said, let's take a look and sort of revamp, which we will, which we're going to do in January of 2019. But it's basically a, a 10 to 15 minute conversation with a CEO, a leader or a subject matter expert, something that the audience can listen to and say, hey, I just, picked up a couple of really cool things from that that I can share with somebody else. And as you know, podcasts are just really popular. And and, uh, And
0: that's exactly the same line of thought when I thought of starting the podcast. Yeah. I'm in the field of marketing and marketing is so vast. No one can pinpoint that. This is the thing. If we do this, you'll be successful. Yeah. But everyone has one Maverick task where they can say, if when I did this, it was successful. Yes. And it was Maverick and no one else did this before me.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And when I look back on mine, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the whole Good Morning America thing, wow, we got it and look what it did. And, and, you know, there are some other things throughout the career, hopefully, that anyone in marketing for some time will have that, yeah, you think, boy, that was, there's a little bit of luck there. There's a little bit of skill absolutely. there. You know? Absolutely. But, Especially today, I think the difference I see. I mean, I first got into marketing. Goodness, it was before the year two thousand. That's print, you know. I've got to promote a business school. Okay, what's my budget, and how many full page ads can that get me in Business Week magazine? That's it. There was it was all gut. It was all instinct. Mm -hmm. There were no analytics, and the the analytics you would share with the board or the boss were so meaningless, but that's all we had. And so one of, the, one of my favorites w- was just impressions. So you'd take out an ad, for example, and, and let them know how many people right. saw it, right? right. The other one was in media impressions, we pitched a story to the Wall Street Journal. It landed on page three above the fold. This is how many people saw it. If we were to purchase that in an ad, what would that have cost us? Right. And we called those ad equivalencies. And so I could go to the board and say, we pitched 200 stories in the last month that placed in media. Had we purchased that, it would have cost us $2 billion. If we just looked brilliant, we have no idea if they had any effect on anything. So it's exciting now to, to see the results from marketing. On the downside, it's not some of the gut and the instinct has been taken away a little bit because we can track it so right. closely, but- such a fun field right now. It's just every day something new is happening. Cooler and better way to, to connect with, with customers and prospective customers.
0: Where do you see the future of marketing heading?
1: Yeah, wow. Uh, and I ask this question on our podcast to, to chief marketing officers You know, often. Communities, I think. I would say two things. Uh, it used to be just get content. It was all about content. Now I think the the organizations that are successful – are building their own communities. In fact, they're actually, number one, creating their own news. They're not asking people to go to the Associated Press or go to Twitter or go to LinkedIn for right. your news. We're going to create it for you. And then we want you, Mr. and Ms. Customer, to talk about that news on our site. Mm-hmm. So I think brands and, and marketers are now in the business of creating these communities. And that then hopefully the goal is is to you know to create brand ambassadors, right? So that the customer is doing the marketing and the branding for you. I think that's the way to go. It it works. We're seeing places where it works. The question is, how? What tactics then work for your product or your service? I love video, but boy, the the length of the videos are shorter and shorter and shorter and used to get 30 seconds at least. Now it's about four seconds, three seconds. You better hook them. And so I think that's that's where it's going. Certainly analytics, we can track better and so forth, but creating those communities. And then the second thing that I think many organizations overlook is looking internally at their own employees. What are they doing? What does HR do to help build the brand? If you apply to my company, do I at least acknowledge your application with an email saying, thank you very much, mm-hmm. we're glad you're interested in us? Because if I don't, I lost you as a customer. Yeah, so those two things, I think, are kind of where I we're headed. The Exciting. internal
0: branding itself is very important because mm-hmm. those are the ones who actually represent your brand. There it is. Because everyone knows, let's say, if it's a company X, that guy is known as company X Yeah. in his social circle. Yes, if, if any question arises about the company, he's going to be the one who's going to be questioned and he will say, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Or I do know and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I try to do that here with our MBA programs too is, is, you know, ask the students, you know, this is your brand. I've got the job. This isn't me. This is yours. And, you know, tell others about it. And it's amazing. The business schools where that happens, uh, have great brands mm-hmm. because the students own it. And they own the brand and, and others see that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's such an interesting field right now. It's just it's fun and the changes just don't seem to be stopping.
0: Dean White right, I have been Meaning to ask you this for quite a while, I never got to. Tell us about the implementation you'd said where the cleaner the washrooms are, the better oh. the MBA school does. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. I can't <laughs> believe you remember that. Yeah, I, I've been to so many business schools uh, throughout my career, and I've worked at three, and I've probably visited 50 others. I, I have this concept that you can judge the quality of a business school by the cleanliness of its bathrooms. And I, I think it's I think it's spot on. I think I had to charge, I had to start my own ranking, right? We had to. Yep, Check out bathrooms. But I've, I've actually seen it. You, you go to a, a real top tier organization and you just see how people internally take care of it. Mm-hmm. And are there paper towels all over the floors? You know, are the stalls broken? All that kind of thing. And and it is. it is. It's really funny because high quality organizations pay attention to the little things. I love, love, and I see it here often. I'll be behind a student walking down the hall or walking outside, and there's a piece of garbage on the on the ground. They just bend over and pick it up, and they, they throw it away, and you think, oh, there you go, versus ignoring it or yeah. what have you. But, yeah, I, I really do think that um, it says a lot about how people treat their home away from home.
0: The whole reason I chose William & Mary was because of the environment called care. Yeah, and everyone cares and when everyone cares you feel nurtured yeah and then that makes you improve on co- and concentrate on what you really want to do other than just making you feel feel yourself at home
1: yeah, and I think you feel better. It's sort of, some people look at it like when the cars they drive. They really want to drive the most comfortable car because they know when they get in, they just feel good, yeah. and it, it affects them the rest of the day. Some of it's, it's sneakers we wear or whatever it happens to be. But yeah, walking into a facility like Miller Hall that is just gorgeous, and oh, the whole campus of William & Mary, to me, just elevates all of us and makes us raise our game, and we've got to bring it. You can't yeah. go halfway at a place like this, and that goes with the bathrooms, too. <laughs>
0: What do you suggest the new marketers like us, who's coming right out of school, read or maybe learn a new tool to yeah. face up with the ever-evolving marketing universe?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. My favorite marketing book is called Selling the Invisible by Harry Beckwith. It's not new. Uh, it's quite old. I liked it because when I first got into the marketing role, I was realizing, okay, I'm, I'm branding and marketing and, and promoting and selling higher education, which is intangible. It's invisible. And so how, how do you do that? And not only does he nail it, I think, in, in the advice he gives, but it's the way he wrote it. The book could be read in an hour and a half maybe, mm-hmm. but each chapter is two pages. So you could knock out a chapter in seconds. And I, I, I like that. And that's much more strategic And in the the viewpoint of uh, the the global view of what it is we do, I like that. The Blue Ocean, I I like Blue Ocean a lot. That's just a great one, right? Are you doing the same thing everybody else is doing? You're just not going to get anywhere. Those two are more classics. I I like that. And, And I do think marketers today in terms of education, they don't have to be data analysts by any means, but anything we can do to just get some acumen in terms of analytics and how it works can be helpful.
0: Thanks a lot, Dean White. Um, Any last words for my listeners?
1: Uh, No, it's just been a real pleasure. And, and, you know, I think for those who, if they enjoy audiences, and especially if you enjoy audience and the product or the service, I can't imagine a better place than than marketing because you're coming every day saying, I believe in this and I believe in reaching out to people and their life is going to be different and better at some level, whether it's because of the shoes they wear, the car they drive, or where they go to school, and I can play a role in that. That's, that's, that's a good way to make a difference. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. My pleasure. Very good. You're great. You're excellent. Really good question.